11 song there. That was a lot of doctrine packed into several verses. And man, Ron, good job. He just ran right through that. Well, welcome again tonight to HBF. We are glad to have you. And uh, uh, I'm going to uh, get into, I, mean, I promise this morning, if you hung on to the end of my message there at the very end of the announcements, I was going to get into uh, our planning for um, what we're going to be doing in May uh, coming up here. And uh, I'll talk about that here in just a moment. And so thank you for joining us tonight. This is our prayer night. Uh, typically, we come together and we pray, and we've been uh, just working through the... I just started. I finished up 1 Corinthians and getting ready to start uh, 2 Corinthians. Got through the first message and was going to get into the second one tonight, and I decided uh, not to do that. Uh, I want to just focus tonight on what we're doing as a church and uh, the things that have arisen regarding uh, the new, the newest guidelines given by uh, Governor Parsons and... Um, and also uh, the powers that be here in Cass County, Andy uh, Warland, and, uh, and our go-forward planning process. Um, uh, our planning here at HBF uh, is not uh, based necessarily uh, just upon those. I had developed a five-stage plan, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit further. I don't want to get too far afoot into that, but uh, because of the, the, the parameters given uh, the last week by uh, Governor Parsons, we were able to re refashion that into a three-step plan. And if you're a member of HBF, many of you have already been, you know, given some information about that. And I plan on kind of laying this out a little bit differently tonight from the Word of God. And so what I'd like to do is if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Ezra in the Old Testament. The Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that the things written in the Old Testament are for our learning, they're for our admonition. Uh, they're, in essence, they are pictures, they are types uh, and then uh, they are fulfilled, and most things are fulfilled in Christ, not always. And, um, and uh, there's things that we, we can learn from the Old Testament that inform us. Also, uh, the book of Romans speaks to that same thing. And so tonight, I just kind of wanted to paint a picture, just kind of give you a picture of how I see, uh, you know, in a devotional aspect from the Old Testament. This isn't a deep doctrinal thing. I will get into some doctrine when I actually come to the guidelines of how we have been planning to go forward. Um, it's not just about opening the church because guidelines are changing. Changing The reality is, is HBF exists to equip the saints of God and the word of God to accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God. And that gets done by the grace of God. God is the one who founded us. He's the one who keeps us. He promises us that he'll be with us always, even till the end of the world. And he is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we have a very uh, serious charge and mandate from the Lord Jesus Christ himself and and we are carrying that out here at HBF. So it is imperative that we actually plan forward in faith. Uh, we get saved by faith. Uh, we stay when we actually, we function by faith. Right? We're saved unto good works. We don't do those works in our flesh. We do them by faith and the spirit of God empowers us, enables us, equips us, comforts us, encourages us in the things that he's called us to. And so it's important uh, as we look at these things that we'll be looking at tonight that we really contextualize really who even we are. Uh, both as individuals and a local New Testament church. Remove the COVID virus, remove being an American citizen, remove your, your constitutional rights, remove... The, I'm not coming tonight to talk about those things. I'm coming to talk about, you know, what we do as a church and how God has given us the, both the, the charge and the, and the responsibility and the liberty uh, to do that. And so, obviously, uh, we've been very careful and we still are going to be very careful to honor the powers that be because we can but we're also committed, as we have been, to really returning to worship. Because I think all of us, is, while there are some benefits uh, to hanging out, watching church in your PJs and, and uh, all of those things, and hanging out with your family, and, and really that's good. But it really isn't going to get the job done uh, for all of eternity. And we will be coming back together by God's grace, and we will be continuing to go forward. And I know many long to be together. Unfortunately, we, we probably initially won't be able to be um, not probably, we won't initially be able to interact the way we have been. Uh, there's no probably to it. We will not be able to interact in regard to hugging each other and touching and all the things that kind of go on, even the handshakes and the, the arm pats and the slaps and all the stuff that we are accustomed to doing in the body of Christ to show our affection and love for one another. We'll, we'll be suspending uh, that until uh, a different time. But for now, um, I want to just I want to put that on the ice because I, I think people are kind of curious about well what are we going to be doing Brian and uh, and uh, and and so I want to I want you to I want to prime the pump a little bit uh, Jimmy Boyette has our uh, Pastor Jim Boyette has the telephone uh, and maybe if he's not in here because he's kind of he's doing security you might want to get that from him Jeff and uh, for late if people have a 
call you can call in tonight. We're not to the question answer time, but when we get to that, if uh, you know you're not computer savvy and you'd rather just call, um, then uh, he'll have that. Okay. So uh, you can call 380-3033 and call in here in a little bit. Don't do it right now, but just kind of get ready because I'm sure there might be people that have questions and want to ask questions. You can also hit the comment lines. We're monitoring all the lines in, and so we'll get to that. But before we get to that part, all right, I just want to I want to be biblical. I, and everything we do here at HBF, I want to be biblical. That's At the judgment seat of Christ, that's what's going to matter is did we do it the way God asks us to do it. And uh, by God's grace, I hope we will. So I want us to be in the book of Ezra tonight. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to, you know, chew up 11 verses, but don't get scared because as you guys know, I could, I could go three weeks on 11 verses very easily. But I'm going to just gloss over this tonight and uh, as an introduction, believe it or not, it's going to be an introduction uh, to what I want to talk about in regard to planning. So before we get into planning, I just want to start with a picture, a biblical picture. And I think this is a good one. God, I was praying about it this afternoon and this is, talk about fresh bread. It just came out of the oven tonight. Uh, so, uh, so this is coming to... To you from the Lord. So the book of Ezra, let's just look at the text. And uh, do we have anybody populating the online box there, Ray Vallejo? And I want to say that if you're joining us live tonight, this is not the book of Second Corinthians like I had labeled it, so I apologize for that. Um, and so uh, we are going to be in Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. So Ezra chapter 1, the Bible says in Ezra 1, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all the kingdom and put it in, also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord, hath, uh, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth and hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? Uh, his God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord, God of Israel. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of, of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with uh, beasts uh, beside and the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight as we look at this passage that you just encourage us in your word tonight. We thank you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, we, have a, we have a passage here where a king, a Persian king of all things, uh, who today is the archenemy of uh, Israel and uh, the United States, uh, but the Persian king is actually releasing the children of Israel to go back and reestablish worship in Jerusalem, and uh, quite a thing. So what we have just by way of biblical introduction is Daniel, for those of you that are kind of interested in the history aspects of this, uh, the prophet Daniel, remember, many of you remember Daniel was taken into captivity in 606 B.C. And uh, he lived uh, till about 534, we, we estimate, uh, B.C. And it was in his time that he was able to discern uh, the times and the seasons that Israel would go back. And, then, uh, and so he was really a great example of what it is to be in exile. Daniel himself is worthy of study if you're going to be in exile for some time where you are not in control and, and uh, the kingdom is removed from you, and you are on your own, so to speak, as Daniel was. He was still able to serve the Lord under difficult circumstances as God was transitioning and chastening Israel and, and establishing the Gentile powers that would rule until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so a lot happens with Daniel and the exile of the children of Israel. Of course, in Daniel's time, he is actually able to see, as well as Isaiah, it's prophesied that Cyrus would come and, and this would happen. Um, and so I don't have all those verses right now. I do, actually, I do have them in my margin. So um, in, uh, in, uh, the temple was rebuilt in about 516 B.C. And, uh, and then uh, in Isaiah 44, 28, if you're just a note taker, in Isaiah 45 and verse 1 in the book of Isaiah, uh, Daniel chapter 10 and verse 1 is fulfilled. So uh, Daniel is receiving prophecy about the reestablishment of the children of Israel in the promised land and then even... More information, of course, what we know today as Daniel's 70th week. So there's a very important historical context to the nation of Israel uh, in captivity and in dispersion and what God's plan is for the nation of Israel. Tonight is not the night to get into all of that, but I kind of want to mention that because this is going along with that fulfillment. And then we see Ezra. And the reason I mentioned Daniel is because after Daniel, in a timeline, would come Ezra. And Ezra, Ezra comes along and about, um, uh, and it's about... Uh, 457 B.C., he returns. He gets this charge, and he 
uh, not about, it is at 457, when he is charged to go back and restore worship in Jerusalem. And then uh, later you have Nehemiah in 444 B.C., which if you know much about B.C. before Christ, uh, then uh, the, the clock works backwards. So 444 is after Ezra, and then Nehemiah goes and returns and rebuilds the wall. All these are incredible studies. But I want to know, I just point out there was a process. Brian, why did you go through all that? Well, I'm glad you asked. There's a process, and this is like a picture for us. It took God, it took God just a short amount of time to remove Israel. Babylon comes in. And Nebuchadnezzar has his way, and he takes them out, removes them out of the land. It still was a transition out, but then it was also a transition in. It, was a, it took a time for them to get reestablished in the land. And frankly, they never fully did get reestablished in the land as they should. Uh, God forbid that would be the church tonight. I do pray that everybody in the church body, I hear a lot about, you know, the world's never going to be the same again. And I, I agree with that in some regard, but uh, uh, this, the, the, the reality is... Um, the gospel has to go forth. So the mission never changes, and the church will accomplish the mission of God and the power of God for the glory of God regardless. And so in that text, nothing's changing in regard to the theology of church and what the Bible teaches us. So our text tonight's a type or it's a picture of what's going on in the Old Testament as a result of the Lord's promises to the nation of Israel, uh, also Israel's sin. And, then, and we want to be counted faithful no matter our situation, right? We want to be like a Daniel. We want to be faithful. And, uh, and so what I'm lifting from this, this passage is just a few devotional concepts. Now, we read verses 1 through 6 of Daniel, and we see this return to worship. So there's no return to worship, you'll notice in this text, without a release, right? They were released to go back. Now, they had no rights. Uh, they, 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 they didn't have a constitution. They didn't have any. They were in captivity. They were in bondage. And God saw fit to bring them out of that bondage. And you'll notice that they had a release, but there's also liberty in that release. Not everybody had to go back. He's like, look, you either go back with Ezra and establish worship at Jerusalem, or you stay back, but make sure you contribute to what God is doing. And, um, and we know that the body all works together. The nation of Israel worked that way. And so, so uh, not everybody uh, returned, but the king, uh, Cyrus of Persia, did release God's people. This week, Governor Mike Parsons issued a new set of guidelines regarding the COVID virus, and, in, of course, he couldn't put it in writing, being the governor, because he doesn't have legal authority to have any uh, guidance over the church. And he's respectfully um, cognizant of that, by the way. That's, that's a blessing. And so he did make mention in verbally that the, um, it is time for churches, you know, they can meet as long as there are safe distances. Uh, and so we have all the guidelines necessary, given both in the, in the, uh, in the guidelines to the businesses community and and other guidelines or other comments that he's made in the guidelines to know what that means in regard to safe uh, distancing and, and uh, practices in regarding uh, good hygiene and health. So, uh, and so that's basically what our church has received in type. And so you can see that in those first, first four verses. Then you get to verse 5, and the text says, Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites with all them whose spirit God had raised up to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. That's a really important verse because nothing happens without leadership. And that's exactly what rises up. First there's a release and then there's a rising, right? There's a rising up of leadership. You see that in verse 5. And, and all they that were about them strengthened their hands uh, with vessels of silver and with gold, with goods and with beasts and with the precious things beside all that was willingly offered. Now this is really cool to me because what you see here is that, that, that everybody got in on the act, Right? Not just the folks that were literally going to build Jerusalem, not just the leaders, but everybody that was in Babylon. Some decided to stay back, uh, and uh, they contributed financially to help things go forward. And I just got to say, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful to HBF because you've been faithful um, through these many weeks as we've been having church virtually and not literally being in one building, that people are still giving toward the, the cause of Christ so we can continue to preach the gospel and continue to do outreach ministries and continue to do what we're getting ready to do again and planning regarding ministry going forward. So that's an exciting, an exciting thing as we consider returning to worship. Number one, there's a release. And uh, there was a release by Cyrus. There's been a release uh, by our governor. Uh, there's been a release of sorts. Uh, there's also a rising, a leadership that rises up and says, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And, uh, and then they get funded to do that. And the last thing we see is there's a restoration. I really get excited about verses 7 through 11 
But you gotta, you're going to have to hang with me on this. In verses 7 through 11, the Bible says that also Cyrus, the king, brought forth vessels uh, of, the, of the house of the Lord, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and had put them in the house of his gods. You might remember that. Remember uh, when, uh, uh, I believe it was Belshazzar was his name, he, had, he was tinkering around with the vessels of God and God wrote on the wall. Uh, and so these are those same vessels and those end up in the hands of Cyrus. It says, even in those did Cyrus, king of Persia, bring forth by the hand of Mithridath and the treasurer and numbered them in uh, Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. And this is the number of them, 30 chargers of gold, 1,000 chargers of silver, 9 and 20 knives, 30 basins of gold, uh, silver basins of a second sort, 410, and other vessels, 1,000. All the vessels of gold and of silver were 5,400. All these did uh, Sheshbazar bring up uh, with them of the captivity that were brought up from Babylon unto Jerusalem. And so we see coming out of Babylon, we have these vessels. And I really, I really get a kick out of this part of the passage because really what's important about worship is having those vessels. And God has preserved these vessels. He's preserved them all the way from the time of, of the functioning te- uh, temple that was built under Solomon, that was sacked uh, by Nebuchadnezzar. And out of all the things that were destroyed, the temple was completely destroyed, but these vessels, they make their way to Babylon. They make their way through Babylon, king of Persia, or, I mean Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. They make their way through uh, Cyrus, and, and then Darius comes along. I mean, these, these vessels have been preserved for worship. God has made sure that these vessels are preserved to be back in the temple and worshiping. And so, so you might know where I'm going here, but when we talk about returning to worship, we do need a, a release, right? We need, to, we need the liberty. We're fortunate since 1776 to be in a country where we are free to exercise our conscience and worship the Lord freely. Before that, Baptists were persecuted heavily by both Protestants and Roman Catholics. And so by God's grace, we're free today to worship. And, uh, and we have been now for a few hundred years, and we love the Lord for that, and we're thankful for the release He has given us, but we're also thankful for the leadership that He's provided, both historically and even in this contemporary context. God is raising up men to lead His church through a time such as this. So if you're a pastor out there, be encouraged. I kind of chastened some, uh, some uh, fence-riding pastors this morning, but I know there's a lot of really faithful men that aren't fence-riding out there today. And they're balancing all of the things that are going on and they're doing their best by God's grace with the, to lead the flock of God and the word of God to the glory of God by the grace of God. Man, God bless you. You know, praise God for you. We need as many faithful men uh, pastoring as possible. We need as many faith, faithful leaders, deacons in churches, uh, ministers in churches rising up and, and, and going forward by faith. But then we see this restoration of the vessels. Restoration. Now, these vessels are precious. That's why the treasurer keeps track of them. They weren't something they got a lot. That's why they were precious. They're made out of gold, and, and you didn't lose track of the vessels. And so really what's important about any church and restoring worship is, well, the people. The people are really what's precious. You know, when we lead someone to Christ, it's like a precious stone. And so God has these vessels. We're likened. The Bible says we're vessels. We're, no, we're to know how to possess our vessel. And what makes us so precious is the fact that Jesus Christ dwells in us. And so it's so important that we understand that when we talk about restoring worship, there's a release, there's a rising up of leadership, and there's a restoring of precious vessels of worship. And what's so awesome is there is a priesthood of believers. So we can all, we're told in Hebrews 4, we can approach the throne boldly, right? We can come before the throne because we're like a high priest, but we're also like those precious vessels that were in the temple and we're engaged in worshiping. And so I think that's just a beautiful type. And so I want to start there because that's a beautiful picture, really, of a process that you can see kind of in an illustrated form in the Old Testament. And, of course, God's desire for worship cannot be overlooked. Worship is what it's all about. We don't take worshiping lightly. I, I was gonna, we're going to condense our services. I'll get to this in a little bit more later. But we were going to condense our times, and we are going to condense our time frame uh, when we go back to meeting here on the 10th of May. And we're going to do that uh, because we have family-style worship. Everyone's going to be in their little family groups. And if you have a child on your lap, uh, you know, um, sometimes you need to 
hurry up and get through the service. You know what I'm saying? So we're not going to go. Brian preaches a long time, right, most of the time. So, uh, but, you know, you just saw it. I can't do it. I just worked through 11 verses pretty, pretty quickly. We could say amen and go home right now, you know. Uh, and so it can be done. So I just demonstrated we can work through uh, voluminous portions of pa- passages in a, in a short amount of time. So we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to also kind of condense the praise a little bit more just to make sure we're uh, expedient in how we execute the service. But for Mother's Day, we're going to let it all hang out. You know why? The first time we get together, we got to praise the Lord. I mean, we got to open our mouths. And there's been several Sundays I'm sitting here and I'm a, and James is up there singing. He's doing a great job. Sam's playing. and They're doing a great job. And, and man, I, I'm imagining the voices of Heartland, man. I can just hear the praises of God's people. Uh, I think it was last, this Sunday was really good. Last Sunday, every song James sung was excellent. Every, the, the, it was, must have been C to signing C, whatever. The, the, the level of the voice was perfect. I could just hear Heartland joining in. I thought, man, if this place had people in it, James, we wouldn't have heard you today. Those three songs just hit the right note, man. They were just right there, right where everybody in the house would have been singing them. It would have been outstanding. So I'm over, you wonder, what's Brian doing before the, he gets up to preach? I'm imagining you all, your little smiley faces, uh, I'm imagining you all in here opening your mouth and praising God, and, uh, and man, I could just hear the body of Christ praising. Why, why do I bring that up? Because really, you know, we take it for granted, but when you don't have those voices singing, and, you don't, and we're not reenacting what's going to happen when we get to heaven, uh, you miss it. You miss being in a room full of people singing praises to God Almighty. Yeah, we want to get to the Word, and the Word's important. The Word is, the, is the, the thing, right? We get that. But, man, so is worshiping God. And so there's just something about coming together to lift up our voices and worshiping God. It's great to have those precious vessels together in the house of worship. Now, I know this is just an old building. It's just closed for the body. The body is the, is the bride. The bride is the body. We are the body of Christ. Yeah, I get that. So when the body comes together and opens their mouth and praises the Lord, it's awesome. It's incredible. And it's the true sense of the word also. But I didn't fall down on my face. But it's still, it's still incredible, Jeff. And so, um, so what I want to do is just kind of just jump off of my picture into some, uh, some principles in the New Testament that we've used to guide our planning. And then I'll get into the planning after the principles. So if you're following me here and you're a note taker, we've got P words, right? We had, we had a picture in Ezra 1 through 11. Now we're going to look at some New Testament principles New Testament principles for the planning. Now, if you've received from me, if you're a member of HBF or a regular attender, you received an email for, from me, and, and I, I already listed these out for you, so this will be review. But just in case you didn't like open up your Bible and chase the verses down, I thought it might be good to do that uh, here briefly before we get into the actual details of the plan, because the, 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 things, the principles that are guiding our planning are really biblically based. They're not just Old Testament pictures. These are New Testament doctrines. And so I want you to know that, that, that what is driving the planning process of HBF isn't the whims of, of Pastor Brian. What, what does Brian want to do? Because all Brian's going to say is, Jesus, what do you want to do? It's your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I don't want to get in the way of what your will is. And so as we started off, and many of you may remember, if you have your Bible, Hebrews 10, 25 is where I'm going to start. Most of you know the verse. Um, you know, that's really where we started. I had a, I had a very difficult time. Um, you know, comprehending not having church in our building. Um, and there was a reason for that. It, because, number one, I think most of us will hazard our lives. We, we've proved, you've proven it, HBF. Most of you have proven it in one way or another. You've hazarded your life. You've driven to, to, to countries where it's not safe. And you've ministered in places that are not safe. You've flown places and done things that are not safe. We don't, we don't operate ministry at HBF based on safety. Uh, that's not our primary concern. We operate, we know that the safest place to be is in the will of God. We understand that. Uh, before there was a COVID virus, that doesn't mean we make light of safety, personal safety, whether that's taking a missions trip, whether that's uh, executing on a, even a Sunday morning service. We do take safety seriously, but it doesn't, we're not driven by fear. We're not even given a spirit of fear. So when we are concerned with safety, it's purely out of the love of Christ and the compassion which God gives us. It's never out of fear. It's not out of fear of death. It's not out of those. That's not why we function. We function to please the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are things that are, that are just intuitive to Heartland before there was a COVID virus. Uh, and I, I hope that if that's not taught, it's caught uh, and that you do. And I know you do. You see, you see Pastor 
Foster. I keep using him as a great example. You got a guy here that's dealing with a serious life-threatening illness, you know, up here preaching on comfort, right? Because that's just who Jesus is. I mean, God provides for our need. And, and so death for us is not the scariest thing. Uh, not for, for me personally, death is not what's scary. It's not fulfilling God's will before I die that scares me, right? I, I want to be faithful with what he's given us. So Hebrews 10.25 says this. It says, uh, you know, this is, a, this is obviously written uh, to Hebrews, uh, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I like what it says in verse 24, by the way. Let's go to verse 23. Let us hold fast our profession of, of, of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this passage has been on my mind and heart since, well, since all of this arose with not having church. And so we have, you know, acquiesced to the powers that be out of respect for 1 Corinthians 13. And I'll get to that in just a moment. And, uh, and we're thankful that in the state of Missouri, that's been a good thing. And, and we've been done the prudent thing because we don't want to see anyone get COVID and, and get sick and die. So we've, uh, we've done what is necessary and, and needful to see that curve flatten. And so we praise God for that. But we've also uh, done everything we can to maintain fellowship through the virtual ABF connectivity. And then, of course, we can maintain our worship services as well and preaching the word of God. So the, the assembling of ourselves together has been something that um, was hard for me to for, for the pastor team as well to reckon with. We knew we had to assemble. We have to assemble. No matter what happens, uh, the church has to assemble. Uh, and that has been a, a difficulty for Bible-believing Christians since the first century. If you remember, as I mentioned, uh, the night, the first Wednesday night after all of this kind of rolled out, um, the first church was meeting in fear of the Jews, the very first church service, uh, and they were hiding out. And Jesus pulled them out of the closet, so to speak, and put them on display because the job of the church is to be in a time of darkness, is to be shining a light. That's what we do. So we are serious about the assembling of ourselves together, not just because it's found in Hebrews. For those of you that say, yeah, but that's dealing with the Jews and the tribulation. Okay, I get that. And, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. You know that. For doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished in all good works. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 11 verse 26 is another verse that we can go to. Just to kind of to solidify this, in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 26, the Apostle Paul writes here and he says, Hey, listen, for as often as you eat this bread and, uh, and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's... Uh, that's not the actual reference I was looking for. Sorry, guys, I wrote down the wrong reference. Uh, verse 26 of... Uh, yeah, chapter, 20, chapter 12 and verse 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. We are made to be connected. We are, chapter 12, I'm not going to get into a long message today, but chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians is, is all about the body and our connectivity, and it's so important. The offerings were taken up on the first day of the week. Uh, the first church service was on the first day of the week. And then Hebrews, it says, as it gets even toward the end of days, even in the days to come, it's going to be harder and harder to assemble on the first day of the week, so you're going to have to put some effort into it. So I just want to start there because our first consideration when we go to planning is what does God want? Well, God is the one that established that the saints meet together on the first day of the week and that we have a really a divine connectivity through the body of Christ. We care for one another in a way that's really supernatural. And so we are all in this together. Even if some, and I want to say this right now, as we, I don't want to go too much further because I don't want to leave anyone with the wrong impression. Uh, this is not a good time for some people to be at church still. There's still a, a, a virus out there. There's people that are concerned about getting I would feel horrible if someone caught it because they came to church or what have you or, and got around someone that was asymptomatic or something. If your health is at risk and, and you shouldn't be in public places, church or the store or wherever, well, by all means, you do not need to be at HBF either. You can st we're still going to be streaming, and we're, you're still going to be welcome and wanted online. Uh, but I just want you to know why are we planning to open, and why don't we just stream forever? You know, why don't we just run CDs and watch it on television the rest of our lives? Because that's not what Jesus ordered, right? And so we're going to do what Jesus wants to do. And we're also going to take advantage of the technology that God has given us to make sure that the body is safe. Because we do care for one another. 
And just like Cyrus said, you know what? Even Cyrus, a lost king, said, hey, uh, we're not going to make everybody go to Jerusalem. The ones that are going to Jerusalem are going. And then uh, the ones that aren't, help support that. Be a team. Because why? You all have one blood. In that case, they were Jews. In our case, we're all covered in the blood, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to we make Jesus Christ our first consideration. Our second consideration is the body of Christ. And I've already mentioned that. And just re- by way of just reinforcing that, in Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, verse 16, uh, the Bible is very clear here. Ephesians four sixteen it says, For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the, in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The body is designed to be somewhat self-maintaining with the aid of the Holy Spirit of God, the love of God. We, we build, we edify one another in love. And so it's an incredible working that God does through the body of Christ. We are very concerned about the body of Christ. Now, I've already mentioned 1 Corinthians 12. You can go back there and read that again. But the members of the body all come together, and they're to be mutually beneficial to one another. And so we do care about the body of Christ. That also means we don't want to endanger the body members because if someone is suffering, well, guess what? If you're in the hospital, um, uh, th- then you know what? We're all suffering. Uh, this week we have uh, Dottie's going to go to the hospital. And so when Dot- we should be praying for Dottie. This week uh, the Barneses had a baby. Um, they had twins, and they're still hospitalized. We need to be praying for them. They're doing, they're doing okay. They're just a little more premature than they uh, you know, uh, anticipated. So we need to pray, right? When, when the Barneses can't be here, we're affected. When Dottie is in the hospital, we're all, we're all affected. And so we need to be praying for one another. The body's our second consideration. The Lord Jesus Christ, and then the body of Christ. And then the third thing, and, and, I, and I list, I'm listing these in priority, uh, is the government. We obviously do care about what the government says, and the Word of God has encouraged us in that. The, the Bible tells us in Romans 13 and verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your... Nope, I'm in chapter 12. Let every soul be subject unto, the high, unto higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whoso, therefore, resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil... Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Have you ever noticed that the church, think about this, the church does not have any kind of ability to execute justice and judgment in the sense of the death penalty. It's not in our hands. We're the bride of Christ. We're married to the judge. That's Jesus Christ. He'll come back at the second coming and he'll execute justice and judgment. But in reality, God has left the powers that be here to do that. If there's a, if there's a murder that occurs uh, at our heartland, we're calling the police. We're going to let the powers that be, uh, God forbid something like that would happen, but we're going to let the powers that be take care of that. And then we're going to let them mete out justice because that's what they do. That's what they're there for. Now, we're to submit to them. We're to do good, the Bible says, and, and that's the attitude in which we've taken Paul also wrote, wrote about this to, to Titus in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And uh, I want you to look at this. So we're not grinding any axe against the, the powers that be. And uh, I think here, in, and we've got to take them at their word too. When they say we're concerned about people, we took them and we've taken them at their word. And at least in the case of Missouri, they've shown integrity in regard to that. So we have every reason to honor them. Titus chapter 3 and verse 1, Paul writing to Titus says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. You know, be ready to obey. That's what he says. Uh, To uh, speak evil of no man, be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. He's like, make make sure that you are careful to obey those that are in places of authority he didn't say just people that profess christ that were in places of authority he's, he's wanting to make sure before all men our testimony is good especially those that are magistrates and in places of political power first peter chapter 2 and verse 13 the bible says there it says submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the lord's sake whether it be to the king as supreme or governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well for this is the will of god that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. 
He's like, hey, make sure that you do this. And then he says in verse 17, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. And so we're to give honor where honor is due. And we need to understand that God is the one who sets kings up and puts them down and puts people in office and takes them out of office. And lastly, our last concern in this order, first it's the Lord Jesus Christ, second it's the body of Christ, third it's the, the government, fourthly then it's the community at large. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10. Uh, the Bible is very clear there that we do have a, a role uh, to be a light. And, and literally, and you hear me quote this a lot, but in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 10, uh, Paul says here that, that you may approve things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Now, he's talking about offense uh, both in the, the community in which you're in and also among the, the people with whom you minister, whether they're saved or lost. In your community, in our community, we need to be salt and light. In verse 15 of chapter 2, he says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding forth the word of life that I may re, uh, rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. We've been entrusted with a stewardship uh, in this world to be lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Matthew uh, 5 also speaks to that in the Sermon on the Mount, which is obviously more of a, a context for the coming millennium. But the reality is that even there, there's a the concept that those who follow Christ should be a light, right? And we in our, in our gospel should not be hid. Okay, so those are the guidelines. Those are the really the four factors that have guided our planning uh, to this point. So, uh, and so it's interesting that in Ezra, we had uh, three things that, that, uh, we, uh, that we kind of stepped through. I had a five-point plan, which, you know, I'm glad I'm not superstitious because five in the Bible often is dealing with the number death. But uh, when, Pas when uh, Governor Mike Parsons came out with his guidelines, I was able to expedite the, the plan that we had and bring it down to what, what I have now is three stages to open up, uh, hopefully by, I'm hoping, and this is a, an arbitrary date, I'm going to confess this right now, I have no way of knowing when Heartland can fully be open, uh, you know, full-on ch children's ministry and every, all the seats together and everybody, uh, you know, but we'll never go back to not washing our hands. I mean, come on, that's the basics. Let's, so let's wash our hands and uh, keep good uh, hygiene. But I don't know when we're going to be back to what we would consider normal. So I've, I've arbitrarily based on my unscientific data, said, you know what, let's, let's work for August, the, the August of this year to be just absolutely 100%. Now, if we can expedite that and, and God allows it sooner, praise God. If he doesn't, praise God. But that's, a, that's a, a process that we've already set forth. And the first step was the social distancing where we rotate through main services. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And the, la and the, and the second phase, uh, which I believe will come in, in June, but it could be as late as July, depending on how May goes. But I really do believe by June there's going to be another relaxing of, of uh, guidelines that will allow us probably, maybe, to feed the lambs. Uh, and then after that, at some point, we'll be, I think, at liberty to go back to probably a more relaxed environment um, that we're used to. And, uh, and so that's uh, pretty, um, uh, on my part, I'm just guessing on two and three, so I can tell you that. So but step one, uh, we've got guidance on. So step one is what I want to talk about tonight. And that may be why you're hanging on to listen to what in the world is he going to say about step one. So, uh, so let me talk about step one. So beginning May 10th of 2020, uh, we're going to maintain um, uh, what the health department and the, the state of Missouri's guidelines um, ask us to do regarding the CDC recommendations, uh, regarding social distancing and precautions necessary to meet at HBF. And so what's that going to mean? So instead of just coming back in and opening the doors and everything being like normal, uh, we want to be responsible in, in our community. We want to make sure that we, um, you know, we, we behave in a way that is uh, socially responsible and also healthy for the body. Now, I've already mentioned the first aspect was how can we meet and still meet the guidelines of the community? Well, we can. Governor Parsons said social distancing, six feet apart. And, uh, and so we have some parameters that we're going to work with. First of all, we're going to make sure our, our facility is sanitized. Um, before and after uh, the events. And so uh, that includes the chairs. So if you sit on a chairs a little damp, I'm sorry, but we're going we're gonna to spray them lightly uh, with some, uh, some sanitizer between the services. And we're going to make sure the surfaces are wiped down, the door handles are wiped down, and all that is done 
so that there is a turnover every service. Now, if you're part of an adult Bible fellowship, Jim Boyette will be helping coordinate that with your adult Bible fellowship pastor, so there'll be some sort of rotation going on in regard to how that gets accomplished. So we're going to need some volunteers to help out with that uh, week to week. And I am not sure how that's going to work out, so that's uh, being taken care of with the adult Bible fellowship pastors. I wrote in a letter, if you want to help with that, just see Jim Boyette, and he will certainly get you in the mix. We're also something that is really... Um, unique and different and definitely a sign of our time is we are going to have temperature checks at the door so before you even enter the door uh, of the foyer we will have temperature checks and so we're going to have we have a health team that will be uh, appropriately clad with uh, you know gloves and a mask and they will take your temperature to make sure you don't have a temperature and uh, if if indeed someone has a temperature we're going to you know politely ask that they uh, seek medical help uh, and, and at the very least return home and definitely do not enter in the, into the church and infect anybody else or hang out in, the, out in front and infect anyone else. Please get in your car and get some help as soon as possible. So uh, we'll be checking temperatures at the door and uh, if you need help, if you want to be a part of that, you can contact Brenda Fleshman um, and she's going to be heading that up for us and, uh, and then Mark uh, Lockwood's also helping with some coordination on that. Uh, we will have hand sanitizer available. Uh, and we will have some masks available. I would, we're not really going to try to supply masks. They're actually, they're like toilet paper was early on, right? So they're just, they're hard, they're hard to get a hold of, and the price is skyrocketing. Uh, I've had people say, do you mandate masks in the building? As of right now, I do not want to mandate masks in the building. I would ask that if that's a conviction of yours, then certainly wear a mask. Uh, people that are in the ministry that have to work in close proximity will be wearing masks in appropriate gear. But for the average person coming, that is up to you and your conscience. So uh, if you feel exercised to do that, please do so. Uh, and I know some have told me they will, so praise the Lord for that. Uh, but masks, um, you know, if, if we can make them available, we will. But we would ask that you bring your own uh, if, you, you know, if you're inclined to wear a mask. Social distancing. One thing that's just absolutely not going to be optional is social distancing. Obviously, when you come in the door, you are with the group you came with. And so um, you sit with your family. Uh, so my family's like, really, Dad? I'm like, really, kids? Uh, you have to sit with us or your mom because I'm up here. But the point is that you got to sit with your group. So it's not like, oh, I came in with Mom and Dad. Now I'm splitting off. I'm going to go hang out with my friends and sit. With no. You say, but we did that before. I don't care what you did before you got here. That's not how we're rolling on Sunday mornings. And why is that? Well, because we do not know who's watching. And, uh, and, we, and also because we are considerate of others' families. So I'm not going to police that, so I'm asking that everybody would honor that. So if you want to divide up and do all that, make sure your group is set up before you enter the building because we would expect that family groups stay together um, uh, or couples or whatever. The unit is that comes in the door stays in that unit uh, both and, and they're seated in that, in, that, uh, in that capacity and they exit in that capacity. Once you leave the building and, uh, and we will have the ushers escort you, you know, out the exit doors and you, you're out in the parking lot, uh, you guys can fellowship in any groups you want. Just maintain social distancing, and uh, you know everything will be fine. But inside the building, we're going to ask that we keep the the, the family units together uh, throughout the the next month, anyway. Uh, and so um, that's that's kind of the. Let me pause right there. Are there any questions about that? And if are we blowing up the anybody? No no questions thus far. Okay. Nobody's calling Jim Boyette. So this is the part where I can start, people can start saying, what do you, Brian, I got a question. So if you got a question, that's great. That's why I have any problems just uh, answering those questions as they come in. Jim, is there anybody on the line? Okay. So um, the next thing I want to just bring up is the uh, Adult Bible Fellowships. How are we going to, how are we going to meet? Well, uh, the ABFs uh, have decided to, to meet. Uh, we had a meeting this last week. Um, most of them are going to meet at 6 p.m., the time we start this service. They're going to meet, and, and many of them will meet virtually. Some of them won't. They're working that out. If they don't meet virtually, they're going to meet at a safe distance, um, and just like we do church service, so they'll have to have adequate space in their meeting environment. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the way we're going to organize the worship service, uh, I don't want to confuse the two because this could be confusing, is the ABF pastors have requested, uh, and this is the schedule on the screen, if you're in Passpoint Real Life or Journey that you attend the, the, the uh, 9 a.m., uh, which is, this is how we used to do it back in the day when we had two services. And if you're in the Bereans and the Lightwalkers, you, turn the, you, you attend the 1030. The 1030 is usually going to be more well attended by uh, guests. 
So uh, that's why we kind of leave a little space there. So that's, that's kind of how that balances out. And, uh, and so we are limited in seating. Uh, we have 117 seats, uh, and we are, uh, and we can kind of adjust them as long as we keep the safe space between the groups. But uh, that's all we have, and so that's why we're going to have two services. Our normal with families, our normal attendance before the COVID thing was somewhere around 200, 180, 200. So that's about what we would attend with kids. So, um, and so 150 uh, adults roughly on a Sunday, 50 kids. So, so uh, hypothetically, if everybody showed up you know, we would definitely need two services. So we're making sure we have enough room, and uh, that's how we're at least going to roll it out starting this coming uh, Sunday, the 10th, on Mother's Day. And so uh, I think most of the Adult Bible Fellowships are aware of that, and uh, that's probably not a big deal at this point. Now, that's also not the law of Moses, right? If you are one of those fellowships, they're meeting at 6 o'clock, and you wanted to swap out. I mean, no one's going to check you at the door and say, which Bible fellowship are you in? But that's just what we would try to do to try to add some balance to the service times. Because we want everyone to, especially if we can, to fit everybody in the sanctuary, uh, especially during these times. People are longing to be together. And, uh, and so we would like to get everybody in the sanctuary we can uh, at safe distance. And then for those that we can't, we will have overflow uh, for those that uh, would uh, take advantage of that. And I know some people said, you know what, I don't want to risk the overflow, so I'm going to stay at home. So that's okay. That's Especially if you have kids, I understand that. Some will want to come with their kids. Some are going to want to be in the building. So we'll just uh, let the Lord lead on that. But I will tell you right now, that is your conscience on how you handle that. Nobody is going to be looked down upon. Uh, we're still in a kind of a transition mode. This is just step one. And so you lead your house, right? I'm leading this house, the body of Christ, as God is calling me to lead it. And you, as a husband, you get to lead your home. And, uh, and, uh, and if you have a question, maybe you're unmarried or a widow, and you need some advice, call me. I'll, be, I'll, I'll help you or your deacon uh, or your ABF pastor, and we'll help guide you there. Uh, so that's, that's pretty straightforward, I think. So then let's talk about just some of the, the, the ability that we need to have to care for others. So I've already mentioned we're going to do a family-style service. The reason we're doing that is because we want to care for others. We also uh, are going to uh, have our seating arranged safely, and it's already done, uh, both in this room and also in the, uh, uh, any overflow or Bible fellowship rooms as we, as we have around the building. Everything will be safe distance as far as seating. So if I could turn a camera on the seating right now, you'd see, uh, I will be giving you a video later this week, so you will see what it looks like, but the seats are now spread out, so you really can't even cheat the system, so to speak, so it's all taken care of. You just got to come in and get your, and you'll, the ushers will direct you to your seat, and uh, that's, that'll be taken care of. So we have about, a, not about, we do have 117 seats uh, available for each service, and then, um, again, I mentioned the temperatures are going to be checked at the door. We'll maintain those safe distances, especially as we enter the building, uh, but I'd ask that when you're on the property in your foyer, you know, just have an awareness that we need to keep some space between ourselves. Six feet is what the uh, recommendation is right now. So, um, you know, the exits are even going to be, um, uh, you know, taken care of in regard. You'll be directed to exit out the side doors. If there is someone that's handicapped that can't make that long of a walk around, then we will help you get out the front door again. Uh, of course, between services, that could be a little bit, depending on how many people do decide to come, uh, we're going to try to make exiting the building, um, you know, pretty easy so you don't have to go against the, the flow, so to speak, especially between services. So the ushers will help with that. Um, the entering, uh, all entering, <coughs> um, when you are entered, be prepared to answer a few health-related questions uh, that the health team will be asking you regarding your health. You know, have you had a fever? Are you feeling okay? Whatever those questions will be. And uh, there'll be appropriate questions, and, and uh, please don't fib. And uh, don't be tough. This is not a time to be tough and suck it up and say, I just got a cold or I just got the flu. Uh, I'll get over it. This is not the time for that. We would prefer you not come and play it safe uh, because uh, those things we don't want to pass along either. So please res be respectful of, of others uh, during this time. No food or beverage is going to be served during the, the service times at HBF, so, so you won't, uh, we won't be preparing or serving any food. Uh, in the month of May, so no men's breakfast. Uh, video streaming uh, will be available, and I do want to mention this. i got a point here in just a minute, so let me pause on that. Uh, and we also, another thing is for the offering, we don't have, we're not going to be passing the plate during this time, so 
Uh, the offering boxes are available, so when people enter or exit, they can do their offering. They can give to the Lord uh, at their convenience as they enter or exit the sanctuary. So we won't have a normal offering time as we're typically used to doing. All right, so let's talk a little bit about adult Bible fellowships. Are there any questions coming in? Okay, so thanks for asking that. There's one question that came in. We'll get you an answer to that. The Adult Bible Fellowships, I think all the ABFs have already had, the pastors have talked to their people. So, uh, you know, most will be meeting at 6. It'll, again, if they meet in person, it'll be family style. Um, they're going to continue to stream as just like we are on Sunday morning and as we have been. Um, and, um, and so... Um, The only requirement is that when an HBF meets, uh, HBF meetings, all HBF meetings, even excluding all core meetings, so ladies' Bible study, any other kind of core meeting that might happen that's that's actually sanctioned by HBF, all those have to abide by this, the uh, social distancing parameters that are set forth. The building is only going to be open for meetings that are scheduled, and uh, so there won't just be any willy-nilly opening and coming in and having a meeting because every time we meet, we gotta set, we got to clean it up, you know, so everything's going to be scheduled. And, uh, and we got to be able to clean what, what we, the space that we use. And so, um, and so that's pretty much, uh, I think I'm not going to take a lot of time on that. Jeff, is there anything you would add to that? Okay, so if you have any questions about Adult Bible Fellowship uh, and core meetings, talk to your Adult Bible Fellowship pastor. If you're in life issues, talk to Steve uh, or Pat. And uh, you can, uh, and really, uh, I think the only other thing that we have going would be the Ladies' uh, Fellowship. Um, which is planned, but uh, those are the, the three core type uh, ministries that I can think of. And when I say those aren't even, the com their co uh, community of ministries is the ABF. The core would be some of the smaller ones, but uh, we're not going to do a lot of core ministry right now. Uh, we're just going to get through May and then see what happens, and we can open some of those other things like men's breakfast and things like that up and, and get a little bit where there's food being served and all that. That'll have to wait. So until we're released from this particular set of guidelines, we're not going to be having a lot of those type activities. All right. So uh, the last thing, I, if there's no questions in, I'll just let me let me emphasize. Yeah, Ron. Yeah, let me. That's actually my next point. So um, the uh, next the next slide there is technology. So just want so everyone. And this is I, I left this to the end for the end on purpose, um, just so everyone knows that. We're still gonna we're still gonna use technology heavily during this first step, and so uh, if you're not comfortable being in here, that's great. Um, uh, that you don't have to come. Nobody's forcing your hand. You're not a less of a Christian. Uh, we don't think you're faithless. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I've talked to some already myself personally, and and I have gotten kind of the the feel because maybe they're in a ministry responsibility. Look. We have pastors that can't attend right now because of a compromised immune system. Uh, we have uh, deacons that can't be here because they have certain health ailments that won't allow them. We have members of our church that literally I don't want to see in the building. I'm just telling you honestly right now because uh, if they were to contract COVID, it would be very it could be very grievous for them because once it's in someone's system, it's not it's you know, most people. Yeah, it's no problem. But in the cases of people that have compromised immune systems, uh, it isn't anything to mess around with. So we are very sober in regard to how we see it. We're not we're not a bunch of, uh, you know, deniers that COVID's real. We do know it's real, uh, and we do know people suffer from it. And we just I just sent out a Facebook post today of praise to God for Carol Thompson's uh, sister's uh, father-in-law, who miraculously through prayer, 82-year-old uh, uh, from Missouri was in Texas when he uh, came down with COVID. On his 82nd birthday, was on a respirator, uh, not expected to live, miraculously. He had all the signs of death, all the symptoms, and he still s survived by God's grace. So we, we say, praise God. That was, an, that was the exception, not the rule. We understand it's serious, um, especially for those that have uh, you know, compromised immune systems. So, so for, if that is you, we just want you to know, not only is it okay, but we honor you. We respect you. We love you. We, we're not thinking any less of you. Um, and you're not any less of a Christian if you're watching from home. As a matter of fact, if, if uh, you're afflicted, we're afflicted, right? So if you're not afflicted and you're, and, you're, and you're peering in from your home right now and that's what God's telling you to do, then praise God. That's what we want you to do. 
and uh, we're, we're going to be excited that you're in good health, and, and we'll do everything we can to continue to use technology to get the messages to you, to get the ABF. Uh, ABFs are going to continue to do as much, um, you know, bi-directional meetings. We're going to have a, I, I got a special meeting coming up on Monday. We're going we're gonna to be inviting everybody to use Zoom, you know, so not everybody even has to be in the building for this meeting. And we're going to continue to rely heavily on technology uh, for those reasons uh, through at least the month of May. So uh, that's really about everything I wanted to roll out. So uh, Ron did have a question on 10. So we will be streaming the 1030 uh, service on, on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, so we won't be streaming both services, obviously. So it'll be 1030 on uh, Sunday morning. So nothing will change as far as HBF's main service. It'll be found on the webpage, and we'll be ready to go. This coming Sunday will be Mother's Day, so we're looking forward to that. Yes, ma'am. Uh, that's a good question. Wednesdays, we're gonna right now we're gonna maintain this Wednesday. We're gonna do virtual, uh, not because the, the law, so to speak, but because we need time to ramp up. Uh, I do plan uh, the week after the tenth to allow if people want to come, they can. Of course, under the same, we got to have a health team and do all the same parameters to do Wednesday night. So if people do want to start attending on Wednesday, they can. Uh, Wednesday's typically not you know super attendance anyway, but uh, I do plan on opening that up if people want to be here, uh, unless, of course, everything is subject to change. If, if, if uh, Harrisonville fires up as a hot spot or Kansas City gets a lot of press and everyone gets scared in Kansas City, then uh, obviously then I would be prudent in regard to any other services but Sunday. But I do plan on sticking with Sunday uh, going forward, no matter what, uh, unless you know there's some really, really extenuating circumstance. So any, that's good. Uh, any other questions? There was a question that came in. It wasn't online, but uh, earlier uh, someone was asking if, if someone uh, in, a, in the population that comes in uh, would happen to, you know, maybe come in asymptomatic and then fire up a day or two after they came to the church service. Uh, and if they let us know that, we would certainly let the church body know, um, you know, that, yes, we had someone. You may have been exposed to someone with uh, COVID-19. So if you would want to get checked or, or what have you, uh, we would let you know that. Uh, of course, we understand that when we go to Walmart and the grocery store and everywhere else, there's probably all kinds of asymptomatic people and situations very similar. So uh, we would never intentionally endanger people. And, uh, and so we would definitely try to do our best to let you know that if, if indeed we were made aware of it. Uh, was there anything else that we brought up in regard to that? I think that was the only um, question there that I can remember. Uh, so I think that takes care of it. So remember, let me just recap. Uh, if, if there's no other questions or comments, I'll recap. Uh, do we have any, is there anyone even watching tonight? Okay, so I'll just recap. We, had, we started with the picture, and we remember that, we, that, uh, that God used the powers that be to release God's people to build, go back and build. Now, we're not building a temple. We're building the church, and we're not doing it. Jesus is, and God has given us some liberty to do that, so we're seizing that opportunity. The leadership have met. And we've gone forth with a plan in our, in our heart, and our plan is to do what we always do, which is to edify the body, equip the saints of God. And the steps that we're, we're making are in regard to honoring the Lord first, uh, taking care of the body, uh, and then, of course, meeting the, the parameters of the powers that be and honoring the Lord by honoring them uh, and honoring them with sincerity of heart. And, I'm, and by the way, I, and this is my last point for tonight is prayer. I want to close in a word of prayer, and, and as we go to prayer, uh, we need to be very thankful uh, for the powers that be in our state and our county. Uh, we are very fortunate. Uh, there are some churches that are literally being asked to turn over the names of the people who come in their services and things like that, which is absolutely, uh, you know, not going to happen. And so um, that was the question that did come up. Somebody asked, we are not under any of those parameters, nor will we ever be. Uh, we were, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm just saying that's inappropriate. So we would not do anything like that. Uh, it's not necessary. And so, um, and so uh, I'm getting off track. I got myself off track. So just remember that we want to honor the powers that be. Uh, we also are concerned about our testimony in the community. Uh, we don't want to be blazing the trail in a way that's going to make us uh, look like we're reckless in the way we approach uh, you know, church and attending church. We, we want to have a good testimony, not only before the powers that be, but also in our community. We want to invite people that, uh, and when they do, whenever they're comfortable, we want them to know this is a church that's responsible 
uh, for people's lives and that we do really care about people's souls and that also includes their health. So, yes. Oh, that is a good question. I do plan on going ahead and going forward with the How to Disciple class. That's a good question. So I will get a form online so you can sign up for that online. And then I will contact you uh, to see if we want to do that. We can do that. We could do that in the sanctuary. We could schedule something up or we can do it virtually. So I'll get with the people that sign up to see what will work for them uh, for this summer season. So we will have a summer class starting uh, probably in June. I would say that's going to be after May, May because uh, um, we haven't really discussed that. that but we, ha- I'm in the middle of Ephesians right now, so I'll probably just press through that. Yeah. Uh, D two, he could do now. We can do that online. We have the capability of doing D two online on that with Zoom. So, uh, if he wants to have a space, he could schedule that. I will, I, unless unless something happens with the powers that be that would cause us to not want to do that, uh, I would go ahead and we, we could do that. But right now that isn't, that isn't scheduled yet. So that would be a, we, again, we're kind of rolling this out, stepping it out. Uh, but that is definitely on the table because those, those are core meetings that need to keep going on. I am very, because that is our discipleship hub. Uh, and of course I would encourage folks at HBF if you haven't been discipling to disciple, use, uh, use technology if need be. Uh, but continue to keep those relationships in the Word of God going. It's very important. Yes, sir. That was brought up as well as far as um, what happens if you hit capacity in the sanctuary. Um, yeah, we have overflow, um, and we know that's not ideal. So, but that's we do have overflow. So you wouldn't have to like leave and go watch it in your car. You could watch it in the overflow rooms, which will also be uh, uh, the seating will be divided up in safe distancing. And so if anybody else is wanting to get a question in, you can also, if and you don't want to do it online, uh, you don't want other people to see your question, you can call Jim Boyette, and it would be anonymous. We're not going to say who's calling uh, at 380-3033, and you can ask your question that way as well. Of course, nobody, we're not t- giving names on these questions anyway, but sometimes those chat lines, you can see who's writing it. So I understand. Yes, ma'am. Uh, VBS, uh, we'll, we're going to be making a decision on how we'll execute or if we'll execute on VBS in the next, probably the next week. So you'll be, the church will be hearing about that. That's a very, there's a lot of work that would need to be executed uh, to get it done on time. So we will have to make a determination. Some of that is the body of Christ. Obviously, we'll get a feel for how engaged the body of Christ is this month. Uh, if people still are not comfortable coming out and attending uh, church, well, then they're not going to be comfortable having a VBS. So uh, we, we'll have a better feel for that. So chances are uh, we will have to postpone it, uh, you know, best case. Worst case, we'd suspend it till next year. So we'll somewhere between there is probably where we'll land on VBS. That's also a very good question. Uh, that is not decided, though, so we'll have a determination on that in the next week. Anybody else got a question? We're planning on having it, but we don't have a confirmation on church on the park. In the, we don't have a confirmation from the park. No this is down the road, but they're asking when's the next D2 class is going to form up. It'll be in the fall. Lord willing, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll uh, actually be, we may be reformatting that, so, uh, but it'll still be D2. But we'll, we may uh, have a different way of approaching the same material. So we've got to work that out this summer. So that's a good question, too. Okay. If there's, I'll give just a second. And if there's any questions, let me know, Ray uh, or Ray. Uh, you can call me Ray or you can call me Ray. All right. So <laughs> um, so we're going we're gonna, to, I want to close up with a, a Bible passage uh, that all of us probably or many of us know from 1 Timothy chapter 2, the admonition there is to uh, pray for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. And I want to I end there because praying, I've talked about, um, you know, just how, how we need a picture, how we need principles to operate by, which are tied to doctrine in the New Testament, and then we need a plan, and that's what we've got. We've talked about that. The last thing I want to just leave with is prayer. And, 
and the Bible is really clear in 1 Timothy 2. Paul says, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And so uh, I just want to mention, and as we conclude, we are very blessed uh, in Missouri, and we're very blessed in Cass County uh, right now to have um, a data-driven set of people in charge that are, are looking at the at, at, you know health in relation to all health concerns, not just you know one ex, one ex, one situation alone. So, uh, and they're very independent in their data here in Missouri. I, I've uh, if you watch, you can go to the uh, the the uh, Missouri Health and Senior Services website uh, and also Governor Mike Parsons web, uh, website or Facebook pages and get all kinds of great information. Uh, and, uh, and you can see um, uh, that there's a lot going on in regard to testing, making sure there's adequate testing at hotspots, uh, getting good data on what's really going on, not just people who get it, but then what happens after they get it and so on and so forth. So, so we're in a, we're in a probably one of the better uh, states in the union right now in regard to having real data and uh, and a real uh, desire to know uh, mortality rates and recovery rates and all of those things. I'm sure all states want to know that, but um, but I'm really encouraged by what I've looked into and and so um, so just just know that uh, we need to thank the Lord for that. Um, they're not worried about what's going on everywhere else. They're worried about what's going on around here. And, uh, and they're not getting caught up in, in uh, things that aren't necessarily pertinent to our area, which gives us some more liberty uh, because we're not subject to, you know, the same data sets that's going on in a place like New York City or L.A. Uh, or Chicago, you know, um, or even for that, that matter, they have enough discernment to go county by county um, instead of, you know, just region by region. So uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that, and that's given us a lot of, of uh, liberty that a lot of churches right now don't have, even in our area, right? So some of our sister churches, their hands are a lot more tied in regard to doing worship right now uh, than ours, uh, and, it, and it makes it difficult because uh, of the data. The data drives a lot of this, and we need to be reasonable. So uh, I think that we are not serving unreasonable uh, and, and nor wicked men, and so we're honoring men that are truly honorable, um, and they're not unreasonable and wicked. Sometimes we're we're called to serve underneath people who are unreasonable and wicked, and we're still called to honor them. You know, so that we don't get it out either way. But it is a real blessing uh, when you can be in a situation like uh, Heartland Baptist Fellowship is. So I, I say that with all sincerity, because part of our prayer life needs to be that of thanksgiving and praise to God. And so we need to be thankful to the Lord, whether you're coming to Heartland or not coming to Heartland. Uh, during this next month, uh, you know, physically, uh, be thankful to the Lord uh, that we have the liberty to make that decision, that we have the liberty uh, to to direct our own lives and that that is being put in our hands to make those decisions. And in that same spirit, as your pastor, I'm putting that in your hands. I'm not mandating anyone show up uh, to church. Of course, I never can make anybody do that anyway. But uh, uh, at any rate, this is up to you and and, and we love you. But we are taking that next step. We're going to honor the Lord. We're going to honor the church. We're going to honor the powers that be. We're going to honor uh, the souls in which we live and be a good example. So let's thank the Lord tonight as we go to prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for time just to come and meet together as a church family virtually.